You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. This is Rob Bain, former Illinois defensive tackle, and you're listening to On the Fin Side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Paul Pickin, Brian Catanzaro, and our guest, C.K. Parrott. You can follow him on Twitter, at C.K. Parrott. Uh, his name is uh, Chris Kaufman. He's been a correspondent for the NFL Draft for us for the last couple of years, giving incredible insight into the defensive end position that we're going to continue here today. Taking a look at the rest of the defensive end class, uh, Chris, you know, we talked on a lot of talked about a lot of players before, you know, the Taco Charlton's, the Derek Barnett's, the players that you see um, on in these mock drafts, on these television shows. We're, we're digging a little bit deeper here into the players who the Dolphins may take a look at in the second or third round. Before we get to that, Chris, when you look at the value at the defensive end class, and, you know, obviously it depends on where the talent falls at that spot. There's a lot that can happen. But where do you see the value falling in the first five rounds, the Dolphins have a first, a second, a third, and three fifths. Uh, where do you see that talent falling, and where do you think the Dolphins, or where you anticipate them pulling the trigger? I think in the way that I've seen it for uh, a couple of months now, is it makes the most sense to focus on the second and third round area for the defensive end and the edge rush uh, overall class, and that's just because there there are so many guys uh, I've mentioned before. There are you know something like 24 or 25 guys that can really play here that I feel pretty good about. And some of them, a lot of them are not going to be in line to go in the first round. I've said before that I think that if you're taking one at 22 overall with this kind of class, this thick, you know, glut of a class, you got to make sure that the guy you take at 22 overall checks all the boxes. And, you know, there aren't too many of those in this class. There aren't too many of the home run hits in the class. So I would look at the second, third round as the areas where the Dolphins in particular would want to go. You bet. So let's take a look at a few other players as well. Uh, Alabama, Ryan Anderson, Tim Williams have gotten a lot of attention somewhere between that early second to mid third round area. Uh, Your thoughts on them? 
Well, Ryan Anderson has always been very intriguing to me. He's a guy that, uh, you know, I've seen him compared to some of the past players that have played a similar position at Alabama, but I think he's a little bit he's a little bit lighter and, and has a quicker hit than some of those other Alabama players um, that have uh, that have played there. And I think of him as kind of a real line, a real linebacker, a real three-four outside linebacker. I'm not so sure if he's a fit for the Miami Dolphins or not, but he is a good player. Uh, I, I look at him as being very savvy. And uh, remember that this guy was a top-level recruit when he was coming out of high school. He's kind of fallen off the map a little bit because a lot of people don't think he's very athletic, but he is good. I think Tim Williams, I look at him and I actually see he and Trey Hendrickson of FAU as being somewhat similar players and I have I would have them rated similarly I think that they're very athletic they're clear edge rush guys they work on the outside and they're uh, they're good with a speed rush and um, I think but I would possibly take Trey Hendrickson above Tim Williams actually but there's Clearly, there's value in either one of those guys. I know that the Dolphins are high on Trey Hendrickson in particular, so I I don't know how they feel about Tim, but uh, I do know that there have been issues raised about his character and work ethic. I don't know what exactly that is based on or how valid it is, but it's sort of one of those things that are floating around out there. I think another guy you didn't mention, uh, two other guys you didn't mention that fit in this uh, mold are actually Tyus Bowser and Karis McKinley. And Tyus Bowser actually reminds me a lot of Yannick Ngakwe, who came out of Maryland and I believe played very well this year in the NFL as a rookie. When I looked at the tape of of Yannick and then Tyus, it was actually it was it was kind of eerily similar. Tyus is a guy that his the thing that's unique about him is he is a good pass rusher. He is a good a blitzer from the outside that can work against tight ends or work against uh, you know H backs in the backfield. But also um, he can he can he can actually uh, drop back into a uh, coverage and you know he's got good hips and good movement that way that I actually trust him as a real Sam you know kind of a real linebacker in ways that I wouldn't necessarily even trust Ryan Anderson which is why I have Tyus uh, just a little bit above him. Takaris McKinley actually reminds me a lot of Bud Dupree if you remember Alvin Dupree coming out of uh, Kentucky and he, he's a runner he's a running he, he's a he's a guy that can run and hit and I would actually be interested in, in him as a linebacker because of that, because you know he can play like one of those running backer types that uh, that really can can run and hit from the weak side. But you know his pass rush is is so good that he will be he will be involved with that at the next level. I think there are some medical issues with him that you've got to pay attention to. And you know rounding out this this sort of the the movement guys um, that you mentioned, I would say T.J. Watt, who I've got way above a lot of what what a lot of people do because I just think he is a brutal, explosive, wild man. And I love his reactions to the football. When he sees the football, his reactions are top-notch. And that's that's a quality that is going to avail him very well at the next level. He reminds me a lot of his brother uh, in the way that he reacts to the football and can get his hands up into the passing lane. And in addition to all that, he's got the length, he's got the athletic ability, the explosiveness. I, I actually have him as a first-round guy that, you know, if, if Miami wanted to take him at number 22 overall, I have absolutely no problems with that. But is he the greatest fit for the defense? You know, that's, that's Miami's call, what they, what they want to do with the defense. 
So let's go back to the number 22 pick. If we're sitting there and the Dolphins have, are dedicated to getting one of these players, you've got T.J. Watt, you've got Taco Charlton, you've got Derek Barnett on the board. At that point, which player are you looking at? Well, I'm not looking at Derek Barnett. I think we covered that last time, and, and I just think that if you're taking a guy at 22 overall, he's got to be checking all the boxes and athletically and from even from a game speed standpoint, Derek just doesn't uh, just doesn't hit it for me. I would have to look at TJ Watt certainly over uh, Taco Charlton, but the guy that I might steer toward overall is Jordan Wilk. That's that's the guy that uh, that makes the most sense to me at number 22 overall. Other than TJ Watt, and I'll and all I'll say there is that my assumption is that Jordan is just a better scheme fit. I'm reluctant to make decisions based on scheme because year to year your schemes mm-hmm. change and and your players don't necessarily but um i i think that jordan willis is probably the better scheme fit so that's probably where i would go with that uh over over tj watt but and charles harris is a consideration because he is just so such a strong field guy in path rush and he is very fast and explosive and quick i've never seen the way that he moves and changes his leverage and the quickness with which he changes his leverage and, and gets into his pass rush moves, I, it, it blows Derek Barnett away, even though they're not all that different athletically. So I would look at Charles Harris there as well as Jordan Willis and TJ Watt. And, you know, that'd be a tough call. I'd go with Jordan Willis, I think. CK, you have covered, I think, 18 defensive ends here in this two-part segment. So you can take a knee on this player if you want, and he's one of my favorite guys, and that's uh, Terrell Basham from Ohio. Starting to look in that second, third-round area based on a lot of mocks I've seen, I I see great explosiveness on the ball, off the ball with him. Uh, Is that a player that enters your mind here in the second or third round? Yeah, absolutely. Terrell Terrell Basham is a very good player, Uh, and and the player I compare him to is also in this class. I think that he and T.J. Watt are cut from the same cloth, and I say that because Terrell Basham may actually be at the next level a 34 outside linebacker. He played uh, that way at the Senior Bowl. He showed natural gifts that way. He did this at Ohio, dropping back and, and really playing in space. And I think that when you look at him and look at the way he's got that wildness about him, you call it explosiveness, you call it brutality. I don't know what you call it. It's certainly unpolished, but it's very, um, it's very good looking on a football field. Uh, he's, he plays with the right defensive mentality. I think that he's absolutely a guy that I'd be happy. I said before, you know, there there are upwards of 20, 25 guys here that, you know, I could be perfectly happy with on the, on the Miami Dolphins. He's certainly one of them. Take him in that second, third round area. You know, I'll be happy. You know, it wouldn't be a Miami Dolphins show if we didn't bring up this name from Florida. Brian Cox Jr. projected somewhere in the later rounds. Has played a lot of games at Florida. Has seen a lot of action. Uh, do you have a feel for him one way or another as to whether or not he's going to get drafted? I, I have a feeling he's not going to get drafted um, because he probably didn't test as well as he would have wanted. I watched him uh, live at the Shrine practices, and he was one of the first players. So Trey Hendrickson dominated tri- uh, Shrine practices, and I don't use that term lightly. Uh, I've only used it really a couple of other times in my history of going to Shrine practices going back to 2010. 
And he really dominated from start to finish, Trey Hendrickson did. There, there was nobody that could keep up with him. And he began what he, what's so attractive about Trey is that he gets into, because of his athleticism, he's got every move in the book. And so when he gets into a rhythm, it can be, you know, unblockable, especially when he gets into that rhythm. So he'll go through stretches where it's just, it's just unbelievable. So I saw uh, Brian Cox at these same practices, and he was also one of the very first guys that stood out to me. And it wasn't because of team girls. It wasn't because of pit girls one-on-ones. It was because of the way he moved through his individual position girls, the way he moves and the way he uses his hands and the way, and his speed, his quickness. Now, it's a little surprising that that speed and quickness didn't really end up translating in, in combine-type measurements. But then again, when you watch the film, you don't necessarily see you know super speed or anything, so it's, it shouldn't be that surprising. Uh, either way, he is a, he is an attractive player as far as his ability to uh, to work his hands and his feet, coordination, uh, all those things. I think that the Dolphins are interested in him, but they might be more interested in him as sort of an undrafted possibility, or maybe with the, that final pick. When you look at this draft, and it may or may not be a player that you've already mentioned. It may not be a player that's a high-round pick, but who's somebody that's under the radar that maybe you can't put your finger on it, but you just absolutely love and think could be a very productive player for the Dolphins that people may not be talking about? Well, I think there are probably a couple, um, but you don't see a lot of talk about Keonta Davis of UT Chattanooga. Um, he's a guy that didn't necessarily test out fast, but you know, if you adjust for his size and his weight, then it was it was a good testing actually for Keonta. What he is, he has just enough athleticism to make you think that he can be a pass rush presence at the next level. But when you pop on the tape, especially the Senior Bowl tape, his ability to beat blockers is is fantastic, and that's because his hands are very quick and very good. You see guys go up against Alabama and and they're always they're always uh they're always overwhelmed by the way that Alabama players use their hands. And he was not. He was beating guys. He gave Cam Robinson a hard time in ways that I'm not I wouldn't even be comfortable saying Derek Barnett did. So he's a, he's a guy that's really flying under the radar and he's also 270 pounds. So you you have to think that he can be a run presence. Uh, it's just that I also think that he's got pass rush ability, and you could look at him in kind of the mold of a Michael Bennett. I think two more guys are Joe Mathis of, of Washington and Praise Martin Aguica of uh, Temple. And Joe Mathis is a 34 outside linebacker, or at least he was at Washington. A little bit fragile, always injured, um, which you don't like to see but incredibly strong in the upper body, incredibly strong, and also probably the most efficient pass rusher of anybody in the field this um, this this year as far as the, the way that he got after uh, up to the quarterback on a per-snap basis. Uh, he's He's been incredible, but what he is, he's most natural as that 34 outside linebacker working from a stand-up position. Um, when you get him down, he has like exciting potential. He actually he knocked a, I believe it was a Stanford right tackle, just knocked him flat on his on his keister. And it, it was it was not you know a guy that was tripped over anything or had a had somebody step on his foot. It was just he went speed to power and blew him up. And that kind of thing gets you really excited. Except when you look at the other few snaps that Joe Mathis has from a down position. He plays with he doesn't play with very good balance and so he ends up on the ground a lot. 
And so four three teams are going to look at that and say, well, you know, we're going to have we got some work to do if we're going to fit him in as a defensive end. Now, if he does take to it, he's got some of the best potential in the class that way because he's very athletic, extremely strong, and a very good pass rusher. And the last guy I mentioned is Praise Martin Oguica of Temple. He's the guy that played opposite uh, Hassan Reddick or Hassan Reddick, however you pronounce his uh, first name. I actually thought he was a better pass rusher than Reddick. Uh, and I think wow. that, uh, that yeah, you, you look at him, you look at him on on tape, He's got a better feel for it. He's got better uh, better hands, certainly. Uh, Hayson Reddick is is very athletic. Uh, clearly, he can run and he can run around people. But you watch him against guys like uh, USF Kofi Amichia, for instance, and and you know they shut him down. Then you watch him against guys on on say. Cincinnati or, or a mediocre college tackles, basically. They're shutting him down, and you're wondering why that that can happen if he's if he's so good. Well, that's because he's probably meant to be a, line, a real linebacker at the next level, a stacked linebacker, not not an on the line guy. I look at uh, Praise Martin Oguica on the other hand, and I see you know somebody that that actually rushes the passer from the outside, and he's just a damn fine football player in all phases. I mean, you watch him get after it. You see guys that get disinterested if they're not placed in sort of the best positions on the field to to pass rush on third down from the outside, you know, from a, a four point stance. You know, you get you see guys that get real excited when that that happens. They have the the um, the opportunity to do that, and then they get placed in these not so favorable positions where they have to be kind of a um, an unselfish football player and play a role in the defense. And there are guys that Mario Williams, by the way, was one of these guys. They look terrible. They really look ultimately disinterested. It it takes a certain mindset, and praise Martin Oguica really has that. He, um, I think, he emblemizes that. And uh, and so he's a guy that nobody's really talking about that much. But man, he interests me. Sitting here now, twenty two days before the NFL draft. When you wake up in the morning uh, of Thursday, the first round, the Dolphins have the number 22 pick. If you had to lean one way toward one player, defensive end or not, what would your feeling be the morning of the NFL draft of who the Dolphins are taking at 22? I think it's going to be probably either a safety or a guard. I think the situation with the safeties is working out to where you've got three guys and uh, Malik Hooker and Jamal Adams and Jabril Peppers that should all go pretty high. Uh, Yet that's three safeties trying to go in the top 21 picks where you also have a number of quarterbacks that could go in the top 21 picks and all these other positions. So one of those could fall, and if one of those does fall, and probably it would probably be Peppers of the three, then I think Miami would be all over it. Now, on the other hand, they've got such a huge hole at the guard position, and Forrest Lamp is a guy that always seems to fall uh, to that 22 pick whenever you engage one of these simulators. Um, and if he does fall there, then I think that that's sort of a, a slam dunk as far as filling a position of need and actually I mean, this isn't just a position of need. It's not just settling here. This is when we had, when the Dolphins had a good offensive line lineup, and they had, you know, they called it the the unicorn line uh, and such. Um, when they had that, they were virtually, and this is this is a multi-year trend. They're virtually unstoppable. They have a 30 point per game offense when they get a good line. And this is because Ryan Tannehill does his best work, not with a bunch of weapons and a wide open offense, but with a, a good run game to back him up and to work off of. 
And so when you have those offensive linemen, you have Laramie Tunsil and get a forest lamp. And if Mike Pouncey is ever healthy um, and you get, uh, and you get Jawan James on the right tackle, I'm not so sure what, what's going to be happening at the other guard spot, but you get these guys together and you could mow people down. You could start the uh, a ground game with JHI and the team could be special that way. So I would look at the guard position at 22 overall and say that's, that's an opportunity to be good immediately um, and good down the road. I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking a guard at 22 overall. This isn't number five overall, okay? So I, I yeah. look at Forrest Lamp or Jabril Peppers is probably the two most likely players. You know, Forrest Lamp is a player. He's number one on my board past the, the usual suspects. He's number two on Paul's based on a show a few w- weeks ago. And I agree with you. I mean, what a shame it would be if the Dolphins reverted back to the same logic they had a few years ago, thinking, you know what, we're just going to figure out the guard spot with Billy Turner, Dallas Thomas, and Jameel Douglas. We're going to spend a few resources on that. Instead, you've got Forrest Lamp there at 22, who, based on his size and his tape, 6'4", 310, runs a five flat, 34 bench reps, dominated senior bowl week, has versatility, as can't miss as you can get. And you could legitimately, if Pouncey stays healthy, have four of the five positions on your line figured out. And what a shame it would be if you just say, hey, we're going to figure it out at guard, and Jay Ajayi can't get out of the backfield. Because when he had run blocking, he had three 200-yard games. And Ryan Tannehill, unlike a Phillip Rivers or a Tom Brady, he needs protection. And if he does not get that, it's not going to work for him. Follow C.K. Parrott on Twitter and all throughout draft season. Also, a go-to guy from Miami Dolphins information. You can follow us on the Fin side on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube, Spreaker, and on iTunes. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the Fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the Fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.